Welcome to the Geek Screen, the podcast for all media of a nerdy nature. I'm Perry Constantine. And I'm John. How are you doing? How are you doing today, Johnny? I'm a little tired. I've had a crazy day. Just got back from the hospital. So test, test, and more tests. I have an outpatient surgery on Friday. So I might Oh yeah, just routine crap. Nothing nothing super important. Mm-hmm. So other than that, I'm I'm good. I'm good. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Um, my uh, my students uh, just had their graduation speeches on Sunday, and I was asked to comment on all of them, so that was a lot of fun. Oh, I, you're a teacher, right? Uh huh. Yep, you that's right. What What do you teach again? Uh, well, this school they do um they teach because I live in Japan. Um, but this school isn't uh, an English language school. What they do is they'll teach uh, subjects in English. So I teach uh, I teach a literature class and a writing class. Oh, like what do you like? Uh, you ever cover comic books? Uh, no, I I just copy. Uh, I just cover Japanese literature. Um, huh. And we stick Manga? with them. No, no, we just been doing um, uh, prose literature. Oh. Oh, like 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 Japanese Shakespeare. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Japanese Shakespeare. <laughs> well, not quite, but yeah. Japanese, uh, Japanese Pride and Prejudice. Japanese. Well, we we don't do um, uh, you know, we don't do a whole lot. We just do like one book a semester, basically. Um, and I give it to them in English and Japanese. Oh. Well, okay. Okay, so um, uh, we got some interesting news today. Oh. Well, um, let's see. What is the first thing to talk about? Ah, well, there is this thing. Did you see the Power Rangers um, fan film that's been going around? I saw it on my Facebook feed, but I haven't had a chance to click on it. I heard okay. it's pretty dark in it, but it's pretty cool. Yeah. So um, Joseph Kahn, he's a um, he's a music video director, and mm-hmm. he spent nine months working on a, a Power Rangers fan film that he paid complete he paid for out of his own pocket, and he got um, James Vanderbeek and Katie Sackoff to to star in it, and it's like fifteen minutes long, and it's basically a gritty reboot of the Power Rangers and like really gritty. We're talking R-rated stuff here. It's violent. Um, there's some sex, there's a sex scene in there. Uh, there's um, there, I think there's some nudity in there too. Uh, you know, the Bumble, do you, do you watch Power Rangers when you were a kid? I've seen only one episode. I have nothing. I know nothing. Okay. Nothing well, um, about them. I think two- they're a kid show though. Yeah, it was a kid's show, and there were two uh, bumbling characters, comic relief characters on the show, and they've been, and in the move in this fan film, they're portrayed as uh, meth addicts. Wait, wait, say that again? They're portrayed as meth addicts. Well, who's portrayed as meth addicts? These you kind of cut out on me. Uh, these two bumbling comic relief characters from the show, they're okay. portrayed as meth addicts in this reboot. Okay, <laughs> So so yeah, it's um it's really really dark, really really violent, and 
it was one of those things that's interesting to watch, um, but you you know it kind of misses the point that Power Rangers was supposed to be for kids. Well, I don't think this guy had any intentions of making this a big, right? In my understanding, this was just yeah, a one I know. Time still, thing. You know, it's it, it's kind of it it's a little off, don't you think? Though, I mean, it's I I, I haven't seen it. I, I'll withhold judgment on it, but you know. I think this was made for people who grew. Well, when did the first Power Rangers come out? Um, mid nineties, I want to say. Okay, so if you were like twelve, or what age group was this targeted for? Uh, like, it's mostly like elementary school kids. Okay, so between seven and twelve, right? Yeah, yeah. So if you were, like I said, at the higher end there, twelve, you'd be in your twenties or thirties now. Right. Right. Okay, so I mean, nah, I don't think it's corrupting it. I mean, unless they, you know, really, re let me ask you this. I know the Power Rangers fought giant monsters. Yeah. All right, and uh, I forgot how they fought the giant. Did they basically do the same thing here, fight a giant monster? No, no. I mean, there's one scene at the beginning where you see um, uh, their giant robots, their zords in the background, but you don't ever actually, actually there's not really much of a focus on that. So what was the episode about? It was mostly about, it kind of recast the story of Power Rangers as, like, um, an intergalactic war going on, and the Power Rangers are, like, kids who are recruited and trained to be uh, soldiers, basically. Okay, so it's like <laughs> that's something. Yeah. Uh, I I mean, like I said, I I I haven't seen it, so I can't say whether I hated it. Well, I've never uh, well seen here's, Power here's, Rangers. A, here's something else that's happened though: is that um, uh, Haim Saban, the um, you know, he's the producer who owns the the U.S. rights to Power Rangers. I bet he's pissed. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, he's in real pissed, and they've been tr and he's been trying to shut it all down. Um, and Khan says that Saban has been harassing him ever since the video went viral, and Saban has already managed to get the film removed from Vimeo. Um, Is it on uh, Facebook still? It's. I mean, you can probably find it on Facebook too, but um, but you know the thing I don't get is that. A lot of people, a lot of fans who enjoyed this are getting pissed off at Saban, which I'm like, it's it's his property, and he's got a Power Rangers movie in development. So, I mean, if you were him, wouldn't you want to get this removed? If you if you had a kid, oh, if I'm trying to protect, if I'm trying to protect my brand and trademark, I I would try to control that. But I would also ask you, how is this any different than somebody write a fan fiction only instead of writing it? This person did it as a well because there's a there's a big difference between some I just I just heard this argument this morning actually there's a big okay. difference between writing a piece of fanfic and putting a, a highly polished a high um, you know a pretty high production cost movie fan film up on the uh, up on the web because imagine you're a parent okay. And you're looking for stuff on YouTube or something, and you see this Power Rangers video. You say, okay, and you click on it, and you tell your kid, who you know loves Power Rangers, to come and watch it. They watch it, and they see this thing. That's not actually answering my question. That's well, basically... Because, because, it, <laughs> because it could be construed as... 
because Saban is involved in uh, Power Rangers film right but now. But I need to think, does the video give a warning? I don't think so. You know, is, is there anywhere on the page where the video is shown, you know, the little player that, hey, this is a fan fiction, this is not an actual licensed Power Rangers thing? See, I can see where the uh, creator... When it says it's no, here's what it says. The title is just Power Rangers. And in the description it says Addy Shankar presents a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers bootleg film. See, that's now that's, that's not, not that's, a, that's, that's not different. Yeah. There that that's, that's a little different if it's see, and there's a fine line. You have to cuz you could almost say that this was him attempting to cash in if he was charging or as a promo to actually make one. But I, I make a movie to eventually make money off of. See, the mistake he's making here is then he doesn't say anywhere it's a fan fiction film. This is a fan take. This is not an official whatever. Cause, right. I mean, you see on YouTube there's like all these Star Trek ones. Right. Or there's all these other ones. And that's what I'm thinking this is. But they declare it as a fan film. Exactly, exactly. You know, there, there, there is a warning or a, a notice letting you know this is sort of like somebody coming up with a Mickey Mouse fan film, but saying, up front, we're not Disney. Mm -hmm. We're not trying to make any money off of this in any way. Right. It, you know, he would automatically be violating who's trying to make money because, you know, that's, that would be copyright infringement. But fan fiction in and itself, he has every right to make the movie. Well, no, that's not completely true. Why not? Because fan fiction is an illegal gray area. It all depends. Most most rights holders ignore it, but they can get it removed if they want to. All right. If and they there have, have been there have been instances where they ha where creators have gone after fanfic authors. Okay. Well, you know what? If they can do it, they can do it. But at the same time, if like you said, if they're not going to bother, like I said. The guy, the the guy who made the movie should have just up front said, "This is a fanfic. This is not, you know." But that still wouldn't have protected him because fanfic is still not technically legal. Unless, let me say this: unless the uh, the people at Saban didn't care, like many of these other, like the Star well, Trek even ones. Well, if, if the they Star don't Wars care, ones. it doesn't mean that it's not uh, it's suddenly legal. It just means that they're not pursuing. Well, then you can say that with all of the fan fiction, even I know it. Well, that's right. It is. It is a legal but issue. But they don't bring a why, why don't they bring the other? Why don't they bring down all the ones that are Star Trek you see online? Because even, they don't. Because they ignore it. They see it as a way to boost the brand. But, but technically, that doesn't mean that it's suddenly legal. Don't, well, let me ask you ask you this: Do you think this would have boosted the brand in any way? Not not in a positive way. I mean, if you've got a kids show. And you're trying to make that kid's property into a movie, and there's this really dark, ultra-violent, gritty reboot out there that has drug use and sex and all this other kind of stuff in there. That could be very damaging to your brand. Well, once again, they, like you said, if they ignore it, then say la vie. If they don't ignore, like you said, then if they have every right to, then they have a right to. But and at here, the here's same what, time, here's here. No, no, no. Here, here's where the legal thing comes in with copyright. Okay. So according to United States copyright, copyright owners have the exclusive right to prepare derivative works based upon their copyrighted work. And that includes fan fiction. So technically, all fan fiction 
is copyright infringement, and anyone who writes fan fiction does open themselves up for a potential lawsuit. You know, if I were an enterprising lawyer willing to work for a piece of the action, I wonder if they could shake down all these fan fiction people. You could, but it would be very damaging to you if you go after all your fans for writing fan fiction. But that doesn't mean that fan fiction suddenly becomes legal. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Just because they're not prosecuting it doesn't mean it's suddenly legal. I mean, Once if I break bit, into I, your house and you decide not to press charges against me, that doesn't mean that what I did is suddenly legal. It just means you're not going to press charges, right? I wonder, though, if it is damaging the brand. If they if they say it as a fanfic, you know, I just wonder on that. Because a lot of these people who watched it, and like I said, once again, I did not see this. I am, for all I know, it could be complete garbage, okay, or it could be something really cool. I, I would say that these people grew up watching it, and, you know, it may rekindle something. I mean, I don't know. I mean, adults are really never going to get into Power Rangers, I guess. You know, like they're doing Transformers. Right. You know, I mean... I've seen adults buy, because of those movies coming out, Transformer toys. Right. Which I've got nothing against that. Hey, everybody's got to have a hobby. But you know? still, it's, I mean, it, at the end of the day, it's supposed to be a kid's property. Power Rangers is. I mean, and making it into... And it's one thing to update it for the, for the modern day or something like that, or to make it so it has more broad appeal across all ages. But to make it something that's has like a hard ARD rating, it's that's that's going too far, I think. And I think that yeah. is damaging to a brand if you are the copyright holder and you're still trying to push it as a kid's property. Because if there's... What parent is going to want to take their kid to see Power Rangers if they see stuff like this? They're not going to know what to expect from that. And they're not going to well, bother... Once, well, once again, I, I would see them why someone... Like I said, I haven't seen it. I, you're asking me to judge something I haven't no, no, seen. No, I'm not. I'm not asking you to judge something you haven't seen. I'm talking about the basic concept of it. You know, once again, it's. Well, I'm a big property rights owner, so I would I would have to partially agree with you. You know, if what you're doing is outright, like for example, if the guy is making a Mickey Mouse and it's Mickey Mouse stroking his dick on video. Basically, yeah. there's the only. There's no difference between this gritty reboot of Power Rangers and Man of Steel. Yeah, well, yeah. Man of Steel. <laughs> we could. I mean, the only out. difference is that Man of Steel was, you know, made into was made into a gritty thing by the people who own it. That's really the only difference here. Hmm. But it's still the same idea. You know, you take something that was once bright and colorful and. You throw it. You throw it down. You drag it through the mud. Hmm. Well, I guess that's also subject. I mean, I didn't care for Amanda Steele. Like we, we we did a whole show on that. Right. Um. At the same time, there's a fine line here. I I you know the more I think about it, I would see what I see what you're saying. If the Power Rangers, which oddly enough is still a violent show in and itself, even though they're fighting giant monsters, it's still violence. The violence is very cartoonish. It's still, not, it's still I mean, violent, it, but it's still violence. Oh, the come on. Is, it's not really violent. How is it violent? 
it's it's well, you're it's fighting a giant monster, but it's still violence. But I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying it's violence. The only mm. difference is here in the, this gritty reboot, you got meth addicts and a sex scene. If you took out the meth addicts and the sex scene, is there violence? Yeah. Are they fighting some kind of giant monster? No, actually, they're using a lot more gunplay. There's uh, some sword action, people getting cut and cut apart, people getting shot, lots of blood. And it was that a was that in the TV show, the original of show? Of course not. They had fighting, but it was like martial arts action, and they like you never saw anyone die on that show. Well, you know, you might have something there then. I mean, it was like TV Y7 for crying out loud. It was as vi it was violent in the way the Ninja Turtles '80s cartoon was violent. <laughs> oh, I missed that cartoon. I mean, that's what it was. It was basically it was basically that in live action. It was goofy. It was goofy. It was very goofy violence. If you can't really say it was violent. Well, are they gonna take down the video? Well, I think. I think Saban's got a case for going after this guy. Apparently, this is and apparently this isn't the first time this guy has gotten into hot water over these types of remakes. Why he's made a what what, what something with Care Bears and like Leather Daddies or something? I don't know, but I was reading something this morning and it said. Uh, hold on, let me see if I can find it. Okay, um, so this is the fourth time uh, this producer has done this. He did, what was um, uh, you know, remember that Punisher short with Thomas Jane, the Dirty Rock thing? That was pretty good. That was good, but that was also in line with what, it, with what you know, the character is supposed to be. But anyway, he did that. He did uh, a Judge Dredd animated thing. Um, and he did two other things too. Or this, he did this one obviously, and he did one other thing that this guy does. Where does this guy get the money to do these things? I have no idea. Uh, he says it all comes out of his own pocket, but you know, you never know. Um, uh, so he's basically been doing this for a while, and he's deliberately courting a lawsuit at this point. I think he's kind of pushing the envelope too far. Hmm. And but but yeah but and this guy also pointed out seriously you put a sex scene and killing into a children's property and you can't figure out why Saban is angry. Well, you know they do have a right to protect their property, I guess. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, come on. Imagine you're you've got a kid's property and someone does something like this with it. Wouldn't you be pissed? Yeah, I would be. I guess. I just I mean, think I, can, though, I totally understand. I, where I, coming from I still this. think though, in general, that. It, so long as it, I guess the original content creators are okay with it, you should you should have a right to make some fan fiction. Well, yeah, I agree with that too. But and I also think you also have to, you know, there's, I mean, because a lot of fanfic there's 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 a lot there's a lot of the porn variety, but there's also a lot of fanfic that, you know, keeps in line with what the original, with the the types of stories that the original stuff had anyway. I mean, you know, I did fanfic for a while, and the guys I wrote fanfic with, we never wrote anything that you couldn't have found in the comics. Hmm. All right, so anyway, uh, some other stuff here. Um, we've got... 
Morena Baccarin has been cast in uh, the Deadpool movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, a girl from Firefly, Homeland, and you said she's on Gotham, too. I think that, yeah. I think yeah, that's, yeah, that's her. her, yeah. Um, looks like she's also got a role on The Flash, too, coming up. On The Flash, really? Yeah, well, yeah, I'm not sure. Right. Yeah, she's doing a lot of superhero stuff. Um, but anyway... That's great. They're, uh, oh, and the role requires, from the casting, from the casting call... The role requires three sequel options, so obviously they're planning on Deadpool for a uh, long term. It looks like. Well, he does have a huge fan base, and I think they figure, well, since he's popular in the comic book world. <laughs> right. I mean, it, I, if Ryan Reynolds is still playing him, I hope he gets three sequels. <laughs> um. So it looks like it could possibly be uh, Copycat, is the character she'll be playing. Oh. You'd know who Copycat is? I, I think so. I, she's, uh, she's a white-skinned shapeshifter, and she's had like an on-again, off-again thing with Deadpool. Okay, yeah, that's who I thought it was. And uh, also, uh, Gina Carano was added to the cast as well in an unknown role. Now, who is she? Uh, an actress slash MMA fighter. It says here that she was on Haywire. I don't know. I never. I. I don't really know much. About I've never her. seen Haywire, so I'm. I'm just. Neither have I. But I know when they were trying to find Wonder Woman, she was a really big. She was a really popular fan pick. Um, <laughs> but that's all. That's all I really know about her. Okay. And uh, moving on. Oh, did you see the uh, the image of um, Jason Momoa as Aquaman? I did. I'm what do very you think excited. Of that? I think it looks fucking cool. I know, I know. Holy shit! I mean, he looks badass. I mean, you look at him, and, and he—I I couldn't tell where the armor began and the tattoos ended. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. At first, I thought it was all armor, but then I looked closer and I saw that it was tattoos. You know, he's in Detroit right now. Oh yeah. I think he's filming something, but I, I saw somewhere that the uh, Mister, you know, soon to be. Uh, Excuse me. Sorry about that. Aquaman is doing something also in Detroit, some kind of movie. So I, I'll tell you though, he's fucking awesome. He looks really good. I mean, is this he is... gonna is he gonna play like he played Cal Drogo on uh, what you might call it? Uh, oh God damn it! Game uh, of Thrones. Thank. I don't know what's wrong with me. I think it might maybe like a mix of Drago and um, Conan. I did not see the Conan movie. I, have you? He was he was awesome. The movie was kind of meh, but he was really good in it. Well, then yeah. it was it like the Schwarzenegger one? No, the Schwarzenegger one's better. Okay, but yeah. he was. I thought he was better than Schwarzenegger. Though. I think he was a better Conan than Schwarzenegger was. I mean, I think if you could take the Schwarzenegger film and edit Jason Momoa into it, it would be really awesome. I would watch that. But yeah, like he was I he was awesome as Conan. The only problem was the script was really not in his favor. You know, kind of like he'll probably be awesome in Batman v Superman just like I think Ben Affleck will, and Gal Gadot will do good jobs too, but the script is probably going to be terrible. Well, I know um 
I wonder, if, let me ask you, does the movies that they're making, are they all going to be interconnected with, uh, like if they make another Batman movie or another Superman movie, are these all part of the same universe? Like, there's a Suicide Squad thing yeah, coming yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They're doing uh, a DC Cinematic Universe. Okay, is Suicide Squad a movie or show? I keep forgetting. Movie. movie. There was talk about a show because of the um, – as like an Arrow spinoff because remember that there's the Suicide Squad episode last season? Yeah. Yeah, there was talk of a Suicide Squ Squad spinoff show, which honestly I'd rather see that than the movie. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, uh, the arrow got, was pretty damn good last week. But getting finished off of that, Suicide Squad, forgive me there. Um, you know, Viola Davis is going to be Amanda Waller. Yeah, you know what? I why don't they? What this is, and this is DC's fault to begin with. The comics division is they took Waller, who you know in the comics, you know she's she's older, she's she's a big woman. And they suddenly decided when they rebooted to make her skinny and you know supermodel esque. Yeah, because she's she's. I'm looking at pictures of her. I'm like, oh my god, she looks nothing like her. Well, you know who they Not should get. Like her. You know who they should get to play her is uh, CC Pounder. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say the same thing. And she's played the character before. She did the voice work for her in the animated series. Well, leave it to DC to fuck it up. I know. I know. Really. Although, you know, they're apparently... Well, we talked a little bit about this last week, didn't we? They're apparently turning back the clock in their universe. What do you mean? You know, going... You know, undoing the whole reboot thing. Well, are they, what, what are they rebooting now? No, they're going back on the reboot. They had rebooted the DC universe, but now they're undoing it or something. Oh, with the new 52. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's, what, what are they going to call this now? I don't know, but they're not rebooting it again. They're, like, undoing the reboot type of thing. So it looks like they're going back to the way things were. I think we what talked about this last week a little bit. Crisis on Infinite 52 Earths? It's called Convergence. Ah, oh, fucking A. <laughs> you know, I hate to say... You know what they should really do? Hmm. I mean, if they really wanted to fuck with everybody... I, I mean, it'll, they'll take a hit on their profits, but it'll show that they're serious... Have one major event where the universe is destroyed, or whatever you want to call it. Uh -huh. It's a big, giant, one big final reboot, right? Then print nothing for one month. Uh huh. Literally nothing. There is nothing happening. Okay, and then the following, or, or unless they want to print something where, I don't know, and then boom, then start mm -hmm. over. Don't call it 52. Don't call it anything. Just release yeah. the you know amazing Superman one, whatever. Don't explain it. Just start doing it. Yeah. You know what? You know what I'd say they do. Just stop with the continuity shit completely, and just you know get get people to come in, do like limited series or something on these characters, and have it continuity free. You mean like 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 for example, the Flash would get like a set amount of issues and then that's it. Not just that's it, but there would be more than one. So you'd get like the Flash and then like a subtitle for the storyline. But it wouldn't be. But like each one, there wouldn't be like continuing elements, right? It would just right. be kind of like they'd all just be kind of like standalone type things. You I know, you get a lot. Of, of, isn't that what the BBC does with its shows? 
Like they do a set run. Like they have this show called um, <clears throat> The Flesh, I believe. It's their version of The Walking Dead. Uh-huh. And whereas The Walking Dead is like, what, 20 episodes a season? Right. This is like six. Mm-hmm. And when they're done with the six, you'll never fucking hear about it again for another couple of years. And then they bring it back, like, uh, season two. After all these years. And literally, they could say two years later because it took place. Literally fell the goddamn thing. Well, nothing, nothing quite like that. But I was thinking, kind of like um, in the '90s, Marvel had a bunch of these, uh, a bunch of novels commissioned, a bunch of with their characters. There are like a few X-Men novels. There are a few Spider-Man novels. Do you know about these? I sort of do vaguely. These were like graphic novels, right? No, no, these were prose novels. You're, you're not talking about, like, um, Spectacular Spider-Man or something like that, right? No, Marvel licensed out some of their characters to uh, book publishers. And these book publishers... Oh, you mean, like, actual book books? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, so, and these books, they, you know, they had elements of continuity in there, like the, the team in the X-Men book was the team in the comics of the time. But there were other things that were not related to continuity at all. For example, Magneto was dead in the comics at the time, but he was alive and nobody thought it was strange in the books. So they kind of like picked and choose which parts of continuity they would follow, right? Mm-hmm. And these things, they were just self-contained, standalone stories. So maybe do something like that, but with comics, because one of the biggest barriers for new readers is all the damn continuity and trying to figure out where things are. Well, you make a damn good point. And they have to do something mm-hmm. because, number one, <laughs> they need to retain the old readers. I mean, you have two dilemmas here. Retain mm-hmm. the old readers and get new ones. Yeah. And a lot of people want to get into it, but they're like, well, he's already on Superman issue 567 or whatever. Right. Should I have been there for issue one? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and so you, you may alienate some people. Some people are going to, ah, fuck it, I'll still read it. You right. know? Whereas others, like, they'll be turned away or they'll wait and they'll read. In fact, I think that's why one of the reasons they came up with Spectacular Spider Man, as I recall. They wanted others so people can catch up with that. And then, of course, in the 1990s, they came up with Spider Man. Right. Remember that when. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Todd McFarlane. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, but what do you do after a while? You know, it, also the characters, you know, you wonder why don't they age? Why is the same thing? Unlike, unlike Hellblazer, which you aptly pointed out, that character actually ages. Yeah, yeah. You well, know? you know what? Um, and another thing, too, is that there's another example. I mean, you know the Ultimate Universe that Marvel launched uh, about... There's another one. Yeah, you know, they launched like about 10 years ago or something like that. And the whole idea was to give uh, new readers a way to get into the Marvel Universe without having to worry about continuity. But after about two or three years, though, the Ultimate Universe has all this continuity that it's mired in instead. So you have, you're back to the same problem. I wonder, on a business standpoint, you have all these popular characters that you know will make you money. Mm-hmm. From a creative standpoint, you may want to kill a lot of these off, reboot the thing, and bring them back at a future time 
despite the fact that you lose out of profit potential. Right. Just to redo things. Like, for example, on year one, you obviously bring back, say, Captain America, mm -hmm. Spider-Man, whatever, right? Then as the years go by, reintroduce to the world Iron Man and all that. Now, of course, like I said, you're losing out on a lot of money. Right. And they're not going to do that because the movies demand that you continue this stuff. In fact, we've gone to the point, I think, where the comic books are there as a supplemental to the movies. Oh, they totally are. You know, right? Or versus the movies being oh, a supplemental. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. The comic remember, industry is not very profitable at all. No. I think that uh, – I remember when Superman uh, came out. Mm -hmm. Well, no, like I apologize. Superman two, okay. Uh -huh. Superman one. I, when did Superman one come out? Nineteen seventy eight. Uh, seventy eight, I believe. Yeah, seventy nine, yeah. maybe. I was three, so no, I wasn't. I wasn't collecting comic books at three years old, but I, I was when Superman two came out. Mm -hmm. uh, my dad got me interested early because he wanted me to learn to read early, and so, and by the way, comic books. By the way, to all you out there would-be parents or you new parents, comic books help kids read. Right. And to all you out there where English is a second language, my mother came to this country <clears throat> basically learned how to speak. Well, her English still sucks, but she still – her. you know what? She learned enough English to get a job and hold it for 30 years, mm -hmm. albeit it was McDonald's, but still <laughs> – you know, through comic books, right. and everybody – I'm going off on a tangent here. I'm sorry. Um, back to the main point. They have a serious dilemma because, once again, you got the two problems. Now, you can – I saw an interesting reboot done with The Simpsons. Okay. I don't know if you saw this. Um, I hadn't watched The Simpsons in a long time. Yeah, you know, I can't remember the last time I saw it either. You know, I mean, on a regular basis, I hadn't watched it since, I think, 2005. Well, we have a channel here called FX, mm -hmm. okay, and they have an online component called FXX. It's basically their version of HBO Go. Right. Okay. Well, anyways, they got the license to The Simpsons. Or at least the broadcasts. I mean, they're, they're a division of Fox, right? But most of the cart, most of the re uh, repeats are gone from syndication here. Mm -hmm. And so, because only uh, like FX has the exclusive, where they've been running a marathon. Well, when they first announced, brought them over here, and they started, they literally played every episode, every episode in a marathon, twenty-four hours a day. It took them three and a half weeks. Uh -huh. And I caught some of them that I missed. And what they basically did was they changed the uh, origin story of Homer and, mm -hmm. and uh, Marge. As you know, Marge and Homer, they originally met in high school in the 1970s. Mm -hmm. You know that, right? Everybody knows that. Right, right. Right. Yeah, everybody's seen the story of Brian Gumble, uh, Brian Gumble, uh, Barney Gumble. And uh, what's the guy, Ziff, played by John Lovitz? Artie Ziff. Artie Ziff. Uh -huh. Okay, there was a, it was <laughs> a rivalry between Homer and Artie Ziff for Marge. So anyways, 
if you did the math, Homer in 1990 was about 40 years old. Mm -hmm. Okay, late 30s, early 40s. By today, he would essentially have been Grandpa Simpson's age. Right. Okay, and Bart would have been Homer's age. Mm -hmm. So what they cleverly did was they did the origin story of Homer. They didn't kill anything off. Only instead of meeting in the 1970s, it's Homer in a grunge band in the 1990s. And, okay. and, and Marge is in college. They meet in college, essentially. Okay. Okay, it's, it's almost the same story, only... It was updated 20 years later. Right. This way they can keep the age. And I'm pretty sure in another five years they'll update that too. Right. I wonder, though, if that's something they could do in comic books. They have. They have. They do that periodically in comics and, like, flashbacks and that kind of stuff. Okay, because, you know, I mean, Peter Parker was originally a bit of a spider in the early 60s. Right, right. No, no, they've, they've updated that stuff a lot. That, that, that happens all the time. There's a sliding... There's the idea of the sliding timeline in Marvel Comics, where basically the the beginning of the Marvel Universe, which was the modern-day Marvel Universe, which is when the Fantastic Four flew into space, mm -hmm. basically that happened about 10 to 15 years before the current comics. You know, there's another option here. That uh, it's a bolder option that maybe they should be thinking about. Okay? Mm -hmm. They may risk alienating their older readers, or they may think, well, if done right, you know, gain their respect even more. Mm -hmm. You don't reboot the universe. You right. don't, okay? You do what they do in Hellblazer. You let the characters age, and you slowly replace them, like they mm -hmm. do on a daytime soap, okay? Outside of three guys on General Hospital, three people... Everybody else has been replaced. Uh -huh. Same thing on famous British, um, like, uh, Coronation Street and all these other ones. They just slowly replace them. You know, Fantastic Four. The original Fantastic Four came out when? Mm -hmm. The 60s? Yeah, 1960 or 61. Okay, so by this point, if they had done that, they could have replaced virtually everybody with new characters. Mm -hmm. Almost like every 10 or 15 years, replace the team with some other people. And the comic that does that actually, that there's a comic that actually does it. It's the X-Men. If you look at the original X-Men, compared to who's it composed now, I grant you, you'll have your Cyclops and maybe a few others. But they're always introducing new people to the team that sometimes get center stage. Right. Okay. But, but they always no tend to go back to the old ones, though. Right. Well, you know what? Maybe the Avengers need, does that too, as well. Well, maybe they need to take it to the next. Maybe they need to start killing off people and having. But them you replace. see, the problem is then you're you're losing out on the because, I mean, a lot of people there people have a lot more fondness for guys like Cyclops and Wolverine than they do for guys like Cannonball. Well, that's because Cannonball. It's well, you know what? Then I'll tell you the same thing you tell me about when I we brought up how they're not bringing up the B-list actors that take prominence in the movies. Maybe they need to do that. But, the, you know, they have, but even still. I mean, like, Cannonball's gotten a lot of development over the years. But and well, still, but you're, st you're not going to – you're always going to need those A-list characters. Well, I think – Because there's a nostalgia of, factor in there, and that's not going to go away. Then they can keep the nostalgia, and they can do the classic version, Okay where 
It's well, circus. they do do that. They do that. No, I mean, you can keep the old characters, but do them in special issues or graphic novels. Captain America can still be alive, but he's still fighting in whatever era. Okay. Okay, in the past. But as for the continuum of the Avengers, I think they should maybe recycle everybody. It's time to bring in a new generation. And I'll let that you generation... You not recycle. Well, yeah, okay, whatever. It's, you know, you know, you can retire some, replace some, you know, new versions of old characters. But, you know, the problem I see with that, though, is that then you're just going to have, like, things where it gets kind of cheesy because then you're going to have, like, oh, it's the son of Captain America and Black Widow, and you're just going to have all these offspring of offspring of offspring, and... That doesn't just, have to be the case with all of them. Why I, does just, it have to be an offspring? Why can't... Because I see that happening a lot when well, they do Look at Spider-Man. Look at Spider-Man. What did they do there? He was killed. Peter Parker was killed, and he was replaced by a young African-American child, mm-hmm. right? A teenager. In, and, in an alternate universe. Well, you know what? Maybe it shouldn't have been an alternate universe. Maybe you know. Maybe it's time for Aunt May to die. Okay? Maybe it's time for Peter Parker to settle down and go away. Maybe somebody else should take up the mantle. And the same thing with Captain America, which they did. With Thor, which they did. You know? I don't see why they can't do that. It, and it doesn't have to be. But wh- why would they have to do that with Thor when Thor is eternal? Well, they just did that. He's a female now, isn't he? Right, but th- the character of Thor is still around. He's still no, I, I, I'm saying, though, if you're going to recycle him, you know, okay. you can do that to a No, but I'm extent. saying that, like, he, he could still be around because he, there's, yeah. no, there's no suspension of disbelief there because he's, uh, he's already eternal. What I'm saying is a new version of him for, you know, okay. somebody like that. You know, there could be a new version of Iron Man, there are, you know, or what else, you know? Maybe it's time, like I said, on a regular basis to retire some people and start some new, uh, you know, people, new, new, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, you know, introduce new, at one time there was no Spider-Man at all. Okay, when Marvel first started out, they had few properties, mm-hmm. okay? And they started introducing, same thing with Image. Same thing with these other ones. And I bet, this is, I think, a problem with the comic is, is you have a huge, in, in a way, the comic book industry is sort of like Microsoft Windows. Microsoft Windows can't try anything really new because it's got to support all the old programs. Mm-hmm. And, and I think Marvel is sort of stuck in the same thing. We all love Fantastic Four or X-Men or Punisher, whatever, right? We all have our favorites. And we all would hate to see one of them go. But maybe they should. But you know, the problem here, though, is that the audience just isn't that large anymore. Well, you know why? Because you're not introducing anything fresh. Are you sure that's why, or is it just... Because people come in from... In fact, I think the problem is that there's, that it's too different from the other stuff. Well, well there's nothing well, wrong because, with... This. No, no, because look, if you get someone who watches the Avengers and wants to read more Avengers comics... And they go and they pick up a new issue of Avengers. They're going to see all these new, unfamiliar characters that they don't know. So you've got the opposite That's problem. Hold on here. Well, see, this is the problem, though, is they've leveraged too much a bunch of old property. You know, there is no 
Maybe they should in the cartoons. There, there needs to be some kind of transition. But you there can't. How be. are you going to do that though? You don't have the space. You don't have the. You don't have the movies. I mean, it took over fifty years before they introduced the characters that are now appearing in the Avengers comics. Are they supposed to just ignore all the other Avengers just to no, keep I'm up just, with the comics? No, they don't have to do it like in a year but, or so. I mean, see, there's I, a. It's a double. It's not as easy as you say because I'm not yeah, saying it's easy. Oh. I never said it was easy. I uh, quite the opposite. I told you they have a probability of losing a lot of money. I think the I think it's not a probability. I think it's a definite they'll lose a lot of money if they tried that. But they need to do something where they're. But it's not going to attract new readers. That's the problem. How this do you the, know it won't? Because the new readers are going to be interested in the characters from the movies. If those characters aren't there in the comics, which is what happened when the X Men movie came out, which is what happened happened with when the Avengers movie came out. If they're not going to have those characters in there, then those people who come in from the movies are going to be like, who the hell is this guy? I'm not reading this, and they're going to walk away. Well, they need to do a transition. Maybe but not how, how is that going to bring in new readers, though? It's, it's The only people who are going to be interested in that are the ones who have been reading the comics for the past 20 years, because they're going to know those characters. They're going to be there when those characters... Were There's only so much you can do with Spider-Man. There's only so much you can, at least with the Peter Parker one. There's only so much. Are you gonna tell me? You probably will. Um, when we're, we're when we're both in our sixties, if we make it that long, at least I hope I make it that long. I hope you make it that long. Then we'll go to a newsstand, assuming they'll still exist. Pick up a comic book, assuming they exist in paper form, and it'll be Spider-Man still. Yeah. It'll still be Peter Parker. Yeah. Why not? Superman's been around for 75 years. Superman's fucking immortal. No, he's not. Well, the way he goes about it, you know. What about Is Lois Lane immortal? She's still around 75 no. years later. Is Batman just, immortal? He's still around 75 years later. That, that's because, that's number one, they're still fresh. Well, not fresh, but you're not seeing what I'm getting at here, Perry. You're just not seeing it. I, I seriously think they need to start introducing some new shit. But they do. They introduce new characters every year. Yeah, but they get crowded out with the old ones. Because the yeah. people want the old ones. And you can't keep... you can't Because Marvel tried this before. When the X-Men movie came out, yeah. it had the main characters in the comics were not the main characters in the movie. They had Cyclops in the movie. Cyclops and wasn't in the comics at the time. He was dead. When X-Men the movie that. came out, Cyclops was that. dead in the comics. Was Beast dead? Beast wasn't in the X-Men movie. I thought he was. Nope. He came in first class. He came in X-Men 3, Last Stand. But when X-Men the movie came out, the first movie, Beast was not in there. What about X2? X2, no. He didn't, Beast didn't come into the team, into the movies, until X-Men The Last Stand. That was his first movie. Huh. I thought he was in a There were two X-Men comics at the time when the movie came out. All right? There was one that had the team was... Um, remembering from memory here. One team was Jean Grey, Cable, Gambit, Storm... Um, and Beast. 
Another team was uh, Rogue, uh, Psylocke, Archangel, Wolverine, um, Colossus. And Nightcrawler, too, I think, too, was in one of those. But so the... So the comics, the teams in the comics were completely different from the team in the movies. And one of the biggest criticisms of fans of the movies was that we don't understand the comics because there are all these characters we don't know. So we're not going to read them. So they didn't stick around. So introducing these new characters is not going to bring in new readers. It hasn't yet. In fact, there have been there's probably been more new characters introduced in the past... 20, 30 years than there has been at any other point in Marvel's history, or DC's for that matter, too. And the readership has not increased. Quite the opposite, the readership has declined. Wow. And uh, there are tons I of... There are tons of and in the 90s, there were tons of X-Men books that featured teams with different characters, with characters who were far more underused. There was X-Force... There was X Factor. I remember those. X. There were all these other books. Every single one of them canceled. Low sales. All well, of them had new characters. All of them were well written. Why do you why 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 because of low sales? Why do you think the readership did not pick up? Why do you think they did not accept the new because characters? Because they want the old characters. Hmm. I guess, and I I'm way off then. I, I have to accept that I thought for sure, you know, breathing new life with new things in there, you know. No, because the people who come into comics from the movies, the TV shows, they want the stuff that's in the movie or the TV shows. They want more of that stuff. Well, if that's what the market wants, I guess. I'm you're sorry, at it, man. Well, I... It's funny because you think you're looking at it from a business standpoint, but really you're looking at it more from an artistic standpoint. Now, you're right. I think I am looking at it from an artistic standpoint. Gosh, I, I mean, I'm just looking at the long term here, you know. It'd be kind of, I don't know, I, I think sad, but, you know, shit. Doing these podcasts more and more, I realize how either A, out of tune, or how fucking wrong I am when it comes <laughs> to these fucking things. Yeah. Or B? I'm saying it's a little from column A and column B. Uh, at this you, point. Didn't, you didn't say a B though. You just said A and then you didn't say B. No, I. No, you didn't hear me then. Oh, okay. I said a, how out of tune I was, and B, how fucking wrong I am. I oh, haven't... okay. I thought you were presenting like an either or thing. No. Okay, so um, there are a few other things to talk. Only one. Th I'm only going to talk about one more thing here because um, this ties into our main topic, which. Um, we're getting into a little bit late, and that's uh, about the Spider-Man uh, reboot in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. There's, There's a another one. What? There's another one? What do you mean there's another one? They're going to redo the whole Spider-Man thing again? Well, we know he's going to be rebooted into the MCU. We talked about this. Yeah, but I mean, are they going to use the actor, or is it going to take place in the same, the last two that came no, out? No, or? no, 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 no. What about the, uh, are they bringing back the first guy? No, no. Andrew Garfield's out. No, not him. The other one. Tobey Maguire, no. So, <laughs> so this, has, this is a third reboot. Yeah, yeah. God, that poor bastard. So, um, anyway, uh, 
So there have been casting rumors about Dylan O'Brien and uh, Logan Lerman, but now there's another rumor that um, Marvel actually won't go with a white Spider-Man at all. They might go with the Miles Morales version that you mentioned before. Well, that's interesting. That's interesting. How do you think the the public's going to take that? Oh, God, it's going to go over like... um, I don't even know what to say, but they're. I mean, it's gonna explain it to me. How? Let's be honest. Culture. You're gonna see. You're gonna see um, another example of. Uh, you're gonna see the the public shaming Tumblr go crazy with reposting Twitter comments if this happens. I, I guess you you're gonna like you said though. People want the classic, right? Yeah. You, you, you know, not and you know some people will say I want Peter Parker. Yeah, racist. Yeah. Well, there there are going to be a lot of there are going to be a lot of people who are doing uh, racism. Oh, like, that's just looking at the comment on this one, this very first comment on this article. Listen to this. Stupid. Leave the asinine social engineering out of it. Um. Uh, get to writing and quit trying to change sixty-plus-year-old superheroes for vulgar marketing purposes. Well, I mean, um, is and they ruining. I don't want to see a black Peter Parker, just like I don't want to see a pink Luke Cage. Okay. Okay, that's racist. <laughs> that I that guy was as racist. But I don't know. Vulgar marketing is racist. I don't know. Maybe I, I'm wrong on everything today. That's that's the theme of the day. I'm fucking wrong on everything. Next thing you're gonna say, I'm wrong that Captain America's an asshole. <laughs> you are wrong about that. Yeah, no, I'm not. Um. Oh, what tis is absurd. Black Spidey might as well make him a Chinese Spider-Man, all in caps, since China owns America's ass big time. Peter Parker no, is don't. white and of... And, uh. Actually, outside of the comic books, you know, the name Peter Parker could mean black, white, anything. Right, yeah, yeah. You could be an adopted Chinese kid. Yeah. You know, they could have just oh, your name is Parker now. What? Okay. Why not go with the Japanese Spider-Man from the from the Toho series? Yes, with the robot. Yeah, yeah, that guy was awesome. I'm telling you, you got something there. You know, he He's recently still... appeared in the in the comics. And, yeah, uh... there's a what is it like an amazing? It's like they created a Spider-Man comic. Where they're gonna kill off all the other Spider Man. Well, it was a it was a story arc where um it was like it was called Spider Verse where like all the all the different Spider Men from across the multiverse came together, and um and when I when it when I first heard about it I'm like man I wonder if they'll show the Japanese Spider Man and sure enough he did appear with his big ass robot, and he said his and he said his key line I am the emissary of hell. <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> hey. Have the emissary of hell. <laughs> okay, so on that, should we uh, go ahead and start talking about these three movies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, wait, so wait, what, what movie again? Well, because we're talking about um, kind of the because tying in with the whole Spider-Man the MCU reboot, and we thought we'd go back and look at the different Spider-Man movies that came out. I haven't. I'll be honest with you. I was supposed to rewatch them. 
you're gonna hate me. You know, I didn't. I didn't rewatch them either, so we're both going from memory. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Because I've been dealing with medical shit all week. My dad got sick and everything, so I, I had to do that. But uh, all right, well, let's go ahead and do this. Okay, so we'll start with uh, Spider-Man, in that came out in two thousand two. Uh, so what do you remember about this movie, Johnny? What do you think about it? Well, as I recall, it was the first. Spider-Man movie done in a long time since like the 70s, right? Or early well, it was 80s. the first Spider-Man movie, period. Like there was a the live action stuff you're thinking of in the 70s that was on TV. Okay, you know, he he had a motorcycle in that one. I remember that. Um not the emissary of hell though. <laughs> yeah, no, that was the Japanese version. <laughs> but you know what? Stan Lee hated the the American version of the the Spider-Man TV show, but he loved the Japanese version. <laughs> you ever seen uh, I'm sorry to change subject here forgive me but there is a, a Turkish Superman you know have you ever seen um, oh yeah yeah I've seen that Yeah. on YouTube uh, and Spider-Man's the villain oh really <laughs> <laughs> Spider-Man's the villain and he kidnaps Lois Lane and tries to, you know, there's a, there's a, you know, he screams for Superman to appear so he can fight him, and he mm -hmm. does this by threatening, <laughs> threatening Lois Lane with a boat engine. Mm -hmm. You know, she hook, he hooks up her head and her body next to like, um, they took this boat with the little uh, spinning propeller mm -hmm. and put it right next to her face and started screaming in the air if Superman doesn't co go, you know. She's going to face this broke propeller. So, yeah, this movie actually took a long time to get made. Not Turkish Superman. Oh, wait, you mean... Spider-Man. <laughs> Spider-Man. Sorry about that. It was, uh, in, it was in development hell for, like, a decade. Well, they've been wanting to work on this, um, like you, yeah, like you said, for a decade. And when they first came out, everybody was going bananas. They, it let's, was talk a, be... let's talk a little bit about the development, though, because there was some interesting things. Because uh, there was a um, there was a movie company called Carol Co that had the rights to it. I remember them, and they had uh, they had a screenplay that was um, it was like in the early mid early mid nineties, and it wasn't really uh, that wasn't really that great. But and then they hired James Cameron to come on, and. Um, and this is the funny thing, because this proves that how much James Cameron likes his money, right? <laughs> he so was set told... to do it, right? Huh? He was set to do it, right? He was set to do isn't it. The, they, isn't this the company that gave us Rambo? Uh, might have been. I'm not sure. But anyway, what Carrico said was, you know, we've got this screenplay. Uh, we want you to work on it. But first, before we pay you anything, we want to see a draft of the screenplay. So James Cameron basically took the existing screenplay, scratched out the other names, and wrote his name on top and added it in. <laughs> <laughs> and it had some really bizarre... Like, he had Arnold Schwarzenegger in mind to play Dr. Octopus. Oh, and there was supposed to be... Um, Peter Parker was supposed to be, like, kind of this aloof... He was actually supposed to be more like Doc Ock, actually. He was supposed to have, like, this aloof personality. He's supposed to think that he was superior to everybody else type of thing. And yeah. there was supposed to be um, a Peter Parker Mary Jane sex scene like a making love upside down or something like that. And 
it was and Arnold Schwarzenegger apparent and Doc Ock would apparently think he was supposed to be Spider Man for some reason. <laughs> There's a lot of really bizarre stuff. Oh, and he had a catchphrase. Doc Ock's catchphrase was "Okie dokie." No. Yes. yes. No. Which you could picture Schwarzenegger saying that. Okie dokie. <laughs> and this was Cameron's idea. This was James. Well, I, we don't know how much of it was Cameron's idea or how much of it was in the script that he basically just slapped his name on so that he could get his money. This was about as bad as that Superman movie you told me about. Oh, it was... With, it was, with the polar bear and the it, spiders. It looked awful, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. So, okay. yeah, the movie went through development hell for a long time before Sony finally um, landed the rights. And, yeah, and they hired Sam Raimi, who uh, was turned down a few years earlier to make a Batman movie... Uh, by Warner Brothers, and so he made Darkman instead. And now Warner Brothers, and after Warner Brothers saw the grosses of Spider-Man, I bet they wish they hired Raimi. You know, wasn't he going to make a fourth movie? I mean, I know we're jumping ahead, but but I know he did not want to have Venom. And oh, am I jumping ahead? Yeah, yeah, you're jumping ahead. Uh, I'm uh, sorry. Let's focus on. So Spider-Man is. You know, we got Tobey Maguire as uh, Peter Parker, Spider-Man. Willem Dafoe is the Green Goblin slash Norman Osborn. Uh, Kirsten Dunst is Mary Jane. James, James Franco as Harry Osborn. Uh, Cliff Robertson and Rosemary Uncle Harris ben. as uh, Uncle Ben and Aunt May. And our personal favorite, J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson. Yes! <laughs> he should be that no matter what Spider-Man movie. Yeah, he should oh, be he's so good in that. He should be J. Jonah. Uh, you know... I remember, now that I think back, the big thing about the Spider-Man movie that I think some nerds were going like us, you know, though I, I don't recall having an issue, but still I probably did since today is John is wrong day, uh, <laughs> is they didn't start him out in high school. No, they He's did start college. him out in high school. What? I thought he was in college. No, the, the movie opens with him in high school, and he gets his powers when he's in high school. And Uncle Ben dies when he's in high school. But then the movie jumps very quickly into his college years. I gotta rewatch that. I could have sworn a thing was in his college years. It is. Most of the movie is. Like, about, like, this... The first, maybe third of the movie is in high school. The last two-thirds are in college. Holy shit. Yeah, after Uncle Ben dies, they show him and Harry and MJ graduating high school... And and then it jumps ahead like a few months, and him and Harry are living together, and they're in college. Hmm. Hmm. I I remember that. I I I just don't remember uh, the high school part. Yeah. Do you remember how the film opened when he's running alongside the school bus? Once again, man. <laughs> I don't know if it's the years of the alcohol, you know, the pharmaceuticals. I don't fucking remember. I God damn it. Once again, John is wrong. John should have watched a goddamn movie. <laughs> okay. Um, so this was a really big deal when it came out because the only other superhero movie that we had had after the disastrous... Um, we basically only had three good superhero movies at this point. You know, we had... Because uh, this was post-Batman and Robin. 
And yeah, which probably had, nearly killed the superhero right. movies. We had Blade, which is you know kind of not really a superhero. We had uh, we had X Men, which came out two years before this, and then we had Spider Man. Well, well Spider Man, uh, not Spider Man. The X Men was successful, wasn't it? It was successful, yeah, but Spider Man blew it away big time. Okay. And Spider Man seemed to embrace the superhero aspect a lot more than the first X Men movie did. Like the X Men movie was good, a lot of people liked it, but it 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 was kind of like that notion of it kind of not be, a little bit being ashamed of being a superhero movie. You know what I mean? You know with. But Spider-Man fully embraced it. You know, they didn't give him like a black leather costume or anything. They gave him the costume from the comics, and so they really just kind of openly embraced the superhero aspect of it. Huh. Um, but you know what? Looking back on it, it doesn't really hold up that well. Well, they weren't expecting to make a sequel. I recall you told me something about how. They weren't going to make a sequel if they were, or at least they weren't expecting to use, um, oh god, what the hell's his name? Sabretooth, because Sabretooth was played by a wrestler in the first. Oh, you're movie. talking about the X-Men movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they had planned a sequel or not. Uh, the sequel came out about a year after Spider-Man did. I know that. Hmm. But but I'm talking about the I'm talking about Spider-Man doesn't really hold up as well these days. Looking back on it now, why do you say that? Well, the biggest thing I mean there are a few things about it. For one, you know I was really excited about Willem Dafoe playing Norman Osborn, and he does really good in about the first half of the movie. But in the second half of the movie, you know it, it kind he kind of falls apart. You, you're you don't really know why he's doing the things he's doing anymore. He's gone crazy. Yeah, but it's kind of like a bizarre reason he goes crazy. Because in the beginning, you see, you know, he becomes the goblin so that he can get revenge on his board for putting, for outing, ousting him from his own company, right? Right. He kills all his board of directors with a hand grenade and disintegrates people. Right. So why the hell does he have any reason to keep on putting on the goblin suit after that? He's done what he needs to do. Well, because you know what, it could have been a thrill-seeking. You know, uh, but that wasn't really conveyed in the character, so it just seems like he's doing this for no real reason. And that was my biggest problem with him is that his character doesn't really have any motivation. Hmm. Plus, the goblin suit was just ugly. Remind me uh, yeah, that that. This was the full armor, right? It wasn't right. The, uh... It was uh, it was the full armor. It looked like something out of a. He looked like a Power Rangers villain. <laughs> it even had a because the mask had a fixed open mouth, and it had like a black wireframe in the open jaw, and so his mouth never moved. But you could see Willem Dafoe's mouth behind the mask, <laughs> and it just looked really cheesy. I I always wondered one thing about that. Mm -hmm. That suit and the, the the flying thingamajiggy, that was supposed to be for the military, right? Yeah. Why did they make the mask look like it did if it's going to be sold to the military? Because well, I recall the mask he wasn't stole seen, it. Right, right. But the mask wasn't seen as part of the suit at first. Because when they're testing the suit in the beginning, uh, the guy who's testing the suit and the glider, he's not wearing the mask. 
So I think yeah. the mask is something um, Osborne invented after he stole the suit. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, Why does it... So, so you're saying it doesn't hold time, but oh, hold like up. Like, there's that, and there's also the dialogue is really, really bad. Especially between Peter and MJ. I mean, do you remember the dialogue that they had... I remember... I remember towards the end of that funeral scene. There was that, um, but there's this uh, there's this other one. There's this uh, conversation where they're having this talk between uh, and after uh, Aunt May's in the hospital, and Mary Jane's asking about Spider Man, and um, she says, well, "What did he has he mentioned me?" He's like, "What did he say?" And Peter says, uh, "I said he asked me what I thought about you, and what did you say?" I said, uh, Spider-Man, I said, uh, the great thing about MJ is when you look in her eyes and she's looking back in yours, everything feels not quite normal because you feel stronger and weaker at the same time. You feel excited and at the same time terrified. The truth is you don't know what you feel except you know what kind of man you want to be. It's as if you've reached the unreachable and you weren't ready for it. Who the hell wrote this, Anne Rand? <laughs> uh, let's see who wrote it. That sounds like something out of uh, out of uh, David Cole. Atlas. Yeah, David it sounds Cole like fucking Atlas Shrugged to me. It's it's just awful. No wonder I don't remember any of this shit. Of course, once again, I did see the movie. Did I see that movie with you? No, we saw Spider-Man three together. Okay. I knew it was one of those movies. God, and you know what I remember about Spider-Man Three? What? The Egg McMuffin we had. <laughs> but this movie, oh god! I mean, the the dialogue is just really painful, and um, I'm looking through some of the other quotes here. See, I, I, you're gonna have to forgive me. I just. I don't remember much of it. That's okay. I mean, the, I mean, maybe that speaks volumes too. I mean, I, I it's interesting enough that with, um, I mean, Defoe was really chewing a lot of scenery in this movie, but even with all his hamming things up, his dialogue never really gets as cheesy as the dialogue between Peter and Mary Jane. You ever notice how William Defoe just plays characters that eventually either go nuts or are already creepy and weird. Yeah, yeah, he does that a lot. You know, oh, there was another. There's another thing too, and this is the big problem with the the Raimi films and Tobey Maguire's performance is that Maguire just cannot give off a joke. I'm not sure if it's the writing or if it's the or if it if it's his delivery, but his his jokes are just awful. Like there's um there's one time when uh, the goblin tracks him to a burning building or something, and he says, I gave you a chance to join me, and but now you're out. And then Spider-Man responds with, it's you who's out, Gobby, out of your mind. And, and it's just so painful to listen to. Fucking... Wow. Well. Wow. 
<clears throat> but the movie did. I mean, there. But uh, there's some really good things about it too. I mean, it's still an entertaining movie, but it it's not as good as people think it is when you know in retrospect. Um, well, because you have you can compare it to the the other one that came. Well, out. even not comparing them to the other ones. I mean, just in retrospect. I mean, I saw this again even before I saw the the new ones, and you know it. I loved it when it came out, but the more I watch it, the the less I like it. <laughs> and uh, which is the, the opposite of uh, uh, Constantine, which right. I remember when Constantine <laughs> it first came out, you thought that was the spawn of Satan, no right. pun intended. Uh, you know, and now as you watch it more and more, you like it more. And this, you begin to hate it more. Like my father towards me, the more I know <laughs> it, the more I hate it. Um, but the movie was really successful, and there's some good, there's some really good things about it. Like J.K. Simmons was awesome. James Franco was really good as Harry Osborn, I thought too. He was. Yeah. He was good in the second movie too. Yeah, and that brings us to Spider-Man Two, um, which is considered the best of the Spider-Man movies by a lot of people. Of all, all five of them, so including the the reboot, Spider-Man Two is considered the best by a lot of people. It's the um, Empire Strikes Back of the trilogy. Right, yeah, and you know we got the cast returning, and um, and we get a huge upgrade in villains this time around because we oh, get yeah, Doctor Octopus by Alfred right. Molina, and that I remember. Now he was awesome. He was like all the problems I had with uh, Defoe's Goblin, Molina completely takes care of all of those. Like he's his character has motivation; he's got a reason for doing what he's doing. Um, he doesn't really have too much cheesy dialogue or stuff like that. He doesn't ham it up. He plays the role really sincerely. He plays it cold. Yeah. He 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 doesn't invent a new Doctor Octopus. It's as if uh, Molina read the material. Right. Right. You know. He, the he, only difference was he wasn't as fat as Doctor Octopus, but that's right, okay. Right. And, and he was um, oh you know what's interesting Asif Manvi was in this movie apparently now you're going to have to remind me who the fuck that is Asif Manvi he's one of the Daily Show correspondents see I hardly watch the Daily Show so I'm not oh, sure okay. All right. so. I just saw his name in the credits I'm like whoa I didn't know he was in this um, and uh, so in this movie we've got uh, Peter Parker struggling with his personal life and this is where we get the big nod to the comics, the whole Spider-Man No More scene. Yeah. Which is a, pretty much an exact replica of the shot from the comics. Yeah, he gave it... I wonder what he... Yeah, no, he gave it up. Yeah, because remember, his powers were kind of waning a little bit, so he realized maybe I shouldn't be Spider-Man anymore. Maybe that's what he was trying to tell me. Um, which is kind of weird, because Dr. Octopus is still running around, and he makes this decision in the middle of the movie. Yeah, ah, fuck it. So there's a guy with mechanical arms terrorizing the city. Yeah, I don't feel like doing this shit anymore. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> um, we get James <laughs> Franco uh, back as Harry Osborn, and he's got a bit more of an edge to him now because he thinks Spider-Man killed his father. And this had a really awesome. Uh, and so he he gets Doc Ock to go after Spider-Man. Because he says, "I'll give you what you need if you kill Spider-Man," and so, so that's how those two get turned against each other. And then he finds out that 
Peter and Spidey are the same person. Oh, he was pissed. I remember that. Right, and then he goes kind of, then he goes kind of nuts, and he finds his father's Green Goblin stash. So this was really setting up the third movie to be Spider-Man versus Harry Osborn as the Green Goblin. And then they decided. Well, there's still a few more things to say about this movie. Um, oh. We get MJ, like she gets successively more and more unlikable in each movie. Kirsten Dunst. Yes. I mean, in this one, she's um, she's engaged to John Jameson, you know, J. Jonah Jameson's son, who's an astronaut and, you know, the really nice guy and all this. He's really successful. And yet she's still pining over Peter Parker and up to the point where she ditches the nice guy at the altar. Yeah, she was a bitch. She was a total bitch. I've hated her since she was in Jumanji. I didn't even know she was in that movie. <laughs> Go um, on, sorry. And then we get uh, we get Simmons back as Jameson, and we also get uh, Dylan Baker as uh, Doctor Kurt Connors. Which is it true that they were he was originally going to be the villain and not Venom, or were they going to set him up? They, they were planning to set him up for a future movie, yeah. Um, but then, yeah, we go to Spider-Man 3, which is where things really kind of fall apart. Mm-hmm. You have the Sandman. Mm-hmm. You have Venom. Which I have to say, what's the name of that actor that played him? Topher Grace. I mean... He he played it okay, Brock or what did I it was it what was his name again? Yeah, Eddie Brock. Yeah, Eddie Brock. I was gonna say Brock Samson, but that's a character from Venture Brothers. Uh, Eddie Brock. He because Eddie Brock was just fucking jealous, mm-hmm. fucking pissed off, like borderline crazy jealous, right? Of Peter Parker, you know. And so he played that, but the CGI for Venom was like holy fuck. Yeah, you know what the weird thing is? They had the. Because they kept having him take his mask off, but then they still kept the sharp teeth on Topher Grace, which was really kind of bizarre. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, well, what the hell is this all about? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to see what else, there's any background on this. But apparently, um, he wanted, Raimi wanted, uh, he didn't want Venom at all. He hated Venom. He thought he had a lack of humanity. But um, Marvel producer Avi Arad convinced him to include the character. And Raimi came to appreciate the character after uh, the script and after Topher Grace's performance. Um, But he still kept up throughout the entire production that he hated the character just so he would throw people off. Um. But the main villains, I think, were basically supposed to be Sandman and the Lizard. So he essentially replaced the Lizard with Venom. Right, and um, and then they tried to squeeze in the stuff with Harry Osborn, which really falls apart here in this movie. Because, well, first off, his costume looks really stupid. It looks like he should be in a Mountain Dew commercial. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I remember that. And they don't call him the Green Goblin. They don't call him the Hobgoblin. They call him the New Goblin, which, in the credits, which is really just kind of stupid. But, you know, I will give it to Franco, because he 
has a lot of fun in this movie. Well, he enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. The scenes where he's, like, trying to turn Peter and Mary and MJ against each other, and, you know, he's, like, doing all this, like, smarmy type stuff. He is having such a ball, and I'm, I'm have, I had a lot of fun watching him. <laughs> and uh, there, is, there is some good stuff in this movie, actually. And I thought Topher Grace did a really good job. I thought his, like you were saying, you know, I think I thought his take on Eddie Brock was really cool. I really liked him as kind of like the anti Peter Parker. Yeah, he played the exact opposite of the uh, of the other actor, Tobey Maguire. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then Kirsten Dunst becomes like the bitchiest. She reaches like the height of the uh, the zenith of bitchiness in this movie. I fucking yeah. <laughs> You know what, though? The fact is this. She's the nut that, that, that gets him going. You know, I don't know what he sees in her, but okay, fine. I don't know what anyone in these movies sees in her. You know. Fuck it, they hired her. We're stuck with her. There's probably contract deal. You know, maybe she could have died better than... Well, she didn't get killed, but I'm no, just saying. No, she didn't get killed. Oh, God, I wish she got killed. And, uh, maybe throw you know, you know, you know there's a problem when you're cheering for the villain to kill the love interest. <laughs> <laughs> but that's another thing about her character is that in all three movies, she basically plays a shrieking, shrill damsel in distress. Like there's nothing, there's nothing about her character. There's nothing uh, interest, interesting in her Um and she's just completely useless. You make me want to be the movie's villain. <laughs> uh, let's be honest. The only redeeming character was still J. Jonah Jameson. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, I like how he had the heart meter. Remember that? Yeah, he had to be here. He had to because <laughs> if we got upset, uh, purr, purr, right? And uh, I thought that we couldn't see more of Thomas Hayden Church's Sandman because the little bit we saw of him, he was pretty cool. And he did it well. He did it I well. Mean, he yeah, was a, he was a, in a way he was a the, the real tragic character here. Right, right. And then, you know, uh, but, but the whole idea that they are, but they completely upended. The biggest problem I think is that they, they upended the entire Spider-Man mythology. By the one that kills. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which was totally stupid. It completely undoes the entire great power with great responsibility thing. Yeah, I wish they didn't do that. I mean, that was just. I mean, I I was expecting that by the end, they discover that. They were wrong, and it was Kirsten Dunst. <laughs> it was Kirsten Dunst. <laughs> <laughs> See, she's a bitch. Drop her <laughs> off a building. Um, but yeah, I mean, and then there was some stuff that was really bizarre. So when we get the alien suit, um, like this is actually a cue that they took from the the Spider-Man animated series in the '90s, because the comics. The, the symbiote didn't affect his personality at all. Why but, did he end up getting rid of it then in the comics? I know he got because it from he, the because he found wars. out it was because he found out it was a symbiote and it was trying to bond with him permanently. 
Okay, I, I knew it was something because I I thought it changed because I remember he he got it from Secret Wars. Yeah, on yeah. that battle planet. On Battle World, yeah. Yeah, and uh, but I don't believe it affected his personality at all. Um, but then in in this move, so they took this from the animated series where the symbiote affects his personality, and in the and in the movie. Um, well, in the animated series, it gives him a harder edge, right? I mean, he's, like, ready to kill some of the villains and that kind of stuff. He's doing disco dancing. Yeah, and here he goes emo Pete, and he does yeah. that weird hairdo, and he starts... And he does that weird dance scene and everything, and it's just really... I don't know what the hell Raimi was thinking with that. That's completely making him fucking unlikable. Yeah, and then... I mean, to the cre- I mean, at least one thing I liked is that every time he's like, he feels like he's showing off to all these girls. They look at him like he's fucking crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you fuck off. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, but like, I think maybe and uh, MJ. I remember at the beginning, she's having problems with her acting or something, and she's bitching about it. And Spider-Man is being accepted by New York and all this, and so. Oh. Oh, wait, you mean in the movie? In the movie, yeah. yeah. about her acting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought you meant in real life. Yeah, I went to Korea in real life. Oh, you mean the movie. Yeah. And um, so she's, like, she's bitching about her acting and everything, and she's, like, so pissed off and so jealous of Peter, and he's finally, you know, getting some respect, and it's just... But she doesn't, does she know he's Spider-Man? Yeah, she learned at the end of the of the end of the second movie. Oh, okay, okay. <clears throat> I forgot. Go on. But yeah, she's just so petty and jealous in this movie. Well, you know what? This is why I'm glad at the end of the movie the giant gorilla eats her. God, I wish that happened. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I like Homer Simpson. You know what he does? He goes, I like what he's yeah, when I don't like what I'm seeing on the screen, I start dozing off and making up my own plot. <laughs> <laughs> That's what everybody should do. You don't like the movie? Make it yourself in your own head. <laughs> and then have fun with other people as you talk about it. I'm wondering if, what the hell is he talking to think you're crazy? But then yeah. uh, the one of the worst things about this movie, though, is how... Harry comes to the realization that Peter didn't kill his father. Do you remember the ma- the magic butler scene? No. How do I not remember any of this? You know what's gonna happen when we get <laughs> off this call? I'm gonna fucking remember everything. I'll be <laughs> on the toilet taking a shit and suddenly kablamo! Oh god damn, that's right. When that fucking sled hit the guy because he fucking did something stupid. Well, yeah, there was um there was a scene where um. Because he still hates Peter Parker and Spider-Man throughout this entire movie, and he spent all this time trying to ruin Peter's life. And then at the end, the friggin' butler comes into the movie, and um, and Harry tells him how oh, I have to get revenge on Peter for killing my father. And the butler's like, he never killed your father. I cleaned his wounds myself. It was his goblin glider who's, that killed him. And it's like Spider-Man tried to save your father. I'm just like, <laughs> they had no other way to have. If only Harry come he was around. five minutes later. 
That would have been a whole different movie. But you know what the thing is? The friggin' butler knew about Harry's obsession with Spider-Man in the past movies, too. Says Why didn't nothing. he say anything before now? Because he's an asshole like Captain yeah. America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know about it. I just wanted to see how far you'd go with this. You, you would take this. And we also get um we also he had get a, uh, he had a buddy pool with the maid in the show. <laughs> Let's see how long the wacky kid, you know, the rich kid goes with this thing. But won't he get in trouble? Nah, he's part of the one percent. <laughs> we also yeah. get uh we get Gwen Stacy in this movie too for the first time on screen. Uh played played by Bryce Dallas Howard. Which is kinda of funny because Kirsten Dunst is blonde in real life, and Bryce Dallas Howard is a redhead, and then they switch their characters. Kirsten Dunst plays the blonde, plays the redhead, and Bryce Dallas Howard plays the blonde. Once some when the universe telling us it was the wrong girl. Yeah, definitely. You know, I'm telling you, best thing about that movie was when that giant gorilla ate her at the end. <laughs> Oh, you know what? There's something we didn't talk about in all these three movies, though. Uh, and that's Bruce Campbell's cameos. Oh, yeah! <laughs> that's the thing. I'd have to J.K. Simmons. Fuck it, hey, why don't you tell the listeners what he did? Okay, so in each movie, Bruce Campbell had some cameo. And um, in the first movie, he was the announcer at the, at the wrestling ring. And mm -hmm. he's the one who actually gives Peter Parker the name Spider-Man. Because at first... Uh, when Peter's about to go out, and the guy asks him, what's your name, kid? And he says, the human spider. And he's like, that's all you got? That's terrible. And he's like, it's the amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> and then Peter's like, no, I'm the human spider. He got my name wrong. And uh, in this, wasn't and he a restaurant guy in one of them? That was the... Um, the second one. No, the second one, he was the... Uh, he was outside the theater. Because Peter was late to the theater performance, MJ's uh, play. Oh, yeah! And yeah. he's, like, out there, and he's telling him, he's like, oh, your tie's not straight. And he's like, okay. And he's like, oh, and, um, you know, so something else he told him. And he's like, and then right, and then Peter's about to go in, and the guy's like, hey, I help you? <laughs> and, and he keeps pointing to the side that says, no admittance during, well, after the performance has started. <laughs> and I know he was a restaurant. Uh, that was uh, in the third one, yeah. He was the major. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think he may, been, he may have been the best part of that movie. I'm telling you, you can make a movie which is J.K. Simmons and the restaurant guy. And Bruce or, or, oh, I would Bruce pay money to see that movie. You know, just that. How I would just, you know, how they did Lou Grant, the TV series mm -hmm. from uh, what's the name of that show he was in? Mary Tyler Moore. Uh -huh. I don't see why they can't do a J. Jonah Jameson show. They can do <laughs> Gotham. They can do J. Jonah Jameson. Oh, it would be so much better than Gotham, too. I don't know. Gotham last episode was not that bad. Okay. But, but the J. Jonah Jameson, if it's played by J.K. Simmons, I can see. I don't see why not, considering they did, for example, The Mandarin. That one's uh, one shot. I wish they did a one shot. You know what I want? I would love to see J.K. Simmons on like a Daily Bugle show or something like that. Yeah, that even would be if it's really cool. You know, even if it's a temporary thing, you know, a mini series. I would love to see. I mean, there's other characters, aren't there? Other reporters and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, that would be cool. Or like Eddie Brock. 
going uh, back, bring him back or something. Either way, they need to use J.K. Simmons. Yeah, is J. Jonah Jameson. Um, but would he play it now that the actor's got an Oscar? That's a good point. Well, he might. I mean, I mean, Simmons doesn't strike me as a snobbish type of actor. So, mm. uh, plus, you know, playing. Downey's an Oscar winner. He play. He's playing Iron Man. He's got no problems with that. That's true. Um, That's true. Did he win or is he just nominated? I can't remember for Chaplin. I don't remember. I think it was a nomination. Okay. Anyway. Um, Oh, this is kind of interesting. Uh, Topher Grace is a huge com- was is a huge comic book fan apparently, um, and he actually read the original Venom stories when he was a kid when he was growing up. Oh my God! And to be offered the role, you know, I you know, I mean, I I wish Topher Grace was cast as Peter Parker in the first Spider-Man movie. He would have been a good Peter Parker. I think he would have been a lot better because he's got that humor, he's got that wit, that delivery. I think he would have been much better than Tobey Maguire. Just staying in a parallel universe, Tobey Maguire is Eddie Brock. Do you know what else was supposed to happen? Was um, in uh, a giant gorilla? No, not a, enough of the <laughs> giant fucking gorilla. <laughs> I want Kirsten Dust to be eaten and pooped out. I did, want monkeys anus. I didn't see the latest Flash. Did Grodd appear? Is that why the giant gorilla's on your mind? Yes. Okay. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, when Tobey Maguire was filming Seabiscuit, he was injured. And they thought he might not be able to, you know, he might not heal up in time in order to be in Spider-Man 2. So there were rumors that they were talking with Jake Gyllenhaal about replacing him. Oh my god, that's a name I haven't heard in a while. Ah, that would have been interesting. Jake Gyllenhaal. Fuck. Um, uh, but yeah, it would the, have been an interesting one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and uh, Scarlett Johansson was considered for the role of Gwen Stacy, apparently, too. Now imagine that for one moment, okay? Imagine her as that. Would she have done the other things? Black Widow. Yeah. That's a good question. Probably not. Yeah, I wonder. I mean. Oh wow! And uh, apparently, Topher Grace. This movie was the reason Grace left that '70s show. That's why. Yeah, because he had to make this movie. Wow, I fucking hey, we could have had that somebody show go on for a bit longer. Well, it did go on longer without him, but yeah. Uh, uh, I see if there's anything else. Have you watched any latest TV? No, I haven't seen anything yet because it just came out last night, and my internet connection is so awful at night. Um, it's it just slow. It's usually like all other times. It's at like eighty Mbps, but during at night, like during like from like seven to twelve, it like drops down to like four. Have you? Uh, what was the last shows you watched? Uh, I haven't seen anything since last week. Oh, oh, okay. I won't say anything then. No, I'm going to watch it today, but I just haven't had a chance to watch it yet because you know I couldn't watch it last night because 
with Netflix at least, you know, it adjusts the speed, it adjusts the quality of the video to your to your internet speed. Yes. But Hulu doesn't do that. It insists on playing HD, so it's like buffering every three minutes. Why does your internet? Well, I can guess why. It's you know, it was it was fine. It was fine up until this only started like within the past month or so. I was gonna say I thought the internet in Asia is supposed to be better than America's. Well, it is, and you know, I mean, usually I get like eighty uh, MB per second, but. But for some reason, like, lately over the past month or so, it's just slowed down ridiculously at night. Hmm. Maybe they're doing repairs right now. They might be, or maybe they just had a lot more people uh, sign up for the high-speed internet or something. I don't know. You got the highest speed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, there's a... Have you looked in the... There's a... uh, Well, I better not bring it up on here. I was going to recommend a program for you. What's that? Well, I better not say it on here because it's BitTorrent related. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, not that I do that. <laughs> Giant gorilla eating Kristen Dunst. Um, try to see if there's anything else mentioned here. Um, but yeah, there was supposed to be a fourth movie that Raimi was going to make. But the lizard. Oh. Uh, with the vulture actually, and I think the lizard was supposed to be in it too. Let me see. I'm trying. I remember there was a lot of different reports about it. Hmm. Here we go. Spider-Man Four canceled movie. Um. So yeah, Spider-Man Three. You know, even though it was it was really poorly received, it. I think it took in more money than all the other movies, yeah, both of the other movies, Spider-Man movies. Why did they reboot the movie, the franchise? Well, this is what happened. They were um, it be, development began in two thousand eight, um, and the entire core cast coming back, uh, and there was a few different things in mind. One thing he wanted to do was he wanted to have uh, Doctor Connors play the lizard. Um, with Dylan Baker reprising his role. Uh, Bruce Campbell was supposed to have a more significant role than his prior cameos. John Malkovich was in talks to play the Vulture. Anne Hathaway was cast as uh, Felicia Hardy, but she wouldn't have been the Black Cat. Instead, she would have become a villainess called the Vultress. The Vultress or something like that. Um, But then... Raimi and the studio had a bunch of disagreements, and the release date was twenty was May 6, 2011, but uh, Raimi went through four revisions of the script with different writers and still hated it. And so finally he gave up in 2010. And um, But then later he said that Anne Hathaway would have played the Black Cat and not the Vulturist, so apparently there's a little bit mixed stuff going on there. Maybe it was one of the scripts that had her changing. But, you know, a lot of people jumped down the studio's throats for this, but it was ultimately Raimi's decision. And here's what Raimi said about it, because he said it was a very amicable split. He said it really was the most amicable and undramatic of breakups. It was simply that we had a deadline and I couldn't get the story to work on a level that I wanted it to work. I was very unhappy with Spider-Man 3 and I wanted to make Spider-Man 4 to end on a very high note, the best Spider-Man of them all but I couldn't get the script together in time due to my own failings, and I said to Sony, I don't want to make a movie that is less than great, so I think we shouldn't make this picture. 
go ahead with your reboot, which you've been planning anyway. And uh, at the time, Sony's co-chairman, Amy Pascal, said, thank you, thank you for not wasting the studio's money, and I appreciate your candor. And Raimi concludes saying that, so we left on the best of terms, both of us trying to do the best thing for the fans, the good name of Spider-Man and Sony Studios. So they were going to do a reboot regardless if he did the fourth. Well, they'd been talking about a possibility of a reboot, but... Uh, and then when Raimi said, you know, I know you guys are interested in doing that, and I really can't get this Spider-Man 4 thing together, so just go ahead and do the reboot. Which we will talk about in the next episode. The, yeah, no, no, I gotta... I gotta the amazing Spider-Man films. Yeah, I gotta refresh my, my brain-damaged noggin. Mm-hmm. So, uh... Overall, uh, tie this up. What are your overall feelings on the Raimi Spider-Man films? I still like them. Um, I agree with you that. Uh, one second. Can you hold for one second? Okay. Sorry about that. No problem. So, I like the Raimi films. I'm a big Spider-Man fan, Mm -hmm. okay? I've always loved the comics. And I got excited when the movies were going to come out. I could finally see it on a live screen. I'll be honest, despite its flaws, I still liked the original three. Mm -hmm. You know, there's not that much to pick from, especially when it first came out. I just recently saw... Amazing Spider-Man, not the second one. Right. Oh, no, wait, I did see the second one. Yeah, you did see the second one. We talked that. about it really briefly. Yeah, I did see the second one. I'm sorry about that. And um, I didn't care too much for the second one. It's sort of, I mean, it was okay, but I, I've been left with a bitter taste in my mouth. I know the, the, the whole thing. They attempted to make a big thing about it. It was going to be like the new Superman movies. Hell, mm-hmm. even Sony decided to replace the font on their biggest moneymaker, the PlayStation, with the super, with the Spider-Man font. If you look at a PlayStation 3... Wait, wait, do you mean you weren't too fond of Spider-Man 2 or Amazing Spider-Man 2? Amazing Spider-Man 2. Oh, okay, because you went back and you are talking about Spider-Man 2. Oh, no, I like Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2. Okay. No, you're talking no, about no. the PlayStation font and using and changing it back to the Spider-Man oh, I, I, I'm font. sorry. So I, was, I didn't mean to confuse yeah, I was confused yeah. a little bit for a second. No, no, I apologize for that. What I meant was they were expecting it to be the big thing, and it did. Let's be honest. The, the, mm. the movie made the money. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, all three of them made lots of money. Even the third one, for all its failings, made a lot of money. I'm not an art expert. I'm not a film expert, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm only going to base this off of relative to other stuff I can watch and relative to the comic books. And it was great to see them finally do a serious attempt, not some cheesy attempt, at Spider-Man. Right. And when I look at other films like Man of Steel, I just could say to myself, it could have been like Man of Steel. (laughs) Well, you know, I think there was... There is quite a bit of cheesiness in these movies, though. Oh, yeah, well, there's cheesiness in Spider-Man, the comic book. Yeah, I, I mean, I think they did go a little bit too far in some aspects. Like, you know, we talked about the dancing scene. We talked about the 
the dialogue between Peter and MJ. Right. I mean, there's there were some things that they went a bit too cheesy with. But it, it ain't gone with the wind type of stuff. It ain't Citizen Kane. No. I, I, I think the third movie, they should not have done so many villains. Right. They could have maybe had two villains. To, in fact, I would have gone with, with the Green Goblin and Venom. Or the Green Goblin and Sandman. Yeah, That's I would have just it. gone with the Green Goblin and Sandman and saved Venom for the fourth one. Right. I mean, introduce Eddie Brock in this movie and have the symbiote there as well, maybe. But then have Peter get rid of the symbiote and then have it take over Brock at the end of the movie. Yeah. And then that'd be a great cliffhanger for Spider-Man 4. I think you're absolutely right. I think that would have been the greatest thing In to fact, do. that's actually what I thought they were going to do. I was positive that they were going to have Brock get possessed at the very end of the movie, then they're going to have Venom in Spider-Man 4. Hmm. So I was, that really, been cool. I was really disappointed when I saw that they changed that around. They decided to try and squeeze Venom into this movie. They did it, so they figure they can get, you know, woo as many of us nerds, and ooh, he's got Venom. Right, right. Which is weird because Venom is probably the most polarizing Spider-Man villain. <laughs> well, you know, if they if they did it the way we would have liked to did it, there's nothing to say that at the end of that fourth movie, piece of the symbiote escapes and you get. I know there's derivatives of Venom. Oh, Carnage. Yeah. Uh, I I don't think we would have ever seen Carnage, at least not while Raimi was making the films. He said no. he really hated Carnage. Okay. Okay. And it's. Then, then forget about Carnage. Yeah, I mean, Carnage, forget. yeah, he's not really a good villain. Um, he's very one-note. Wasn't there a female? Yeah, yeah, there was some female symbiotes. There was a She-Venom. There was a She-Carnage, I think, too. There were some other ones as well. There were a lot of symbiotes that were running around at one point. I thought so. Um, yeah, like, overall... The movies mm-hmm. were good for their time, but you know there are aspects of them that don't really hold up well. Like, oh, there was one thing I forgot to mention, and that was this annoying thing that seems to pop up in every Spider-Man movie, and that's, that's the that's the New York love Spider-Man movement. Oh, <laughs> I mean, you get it in the first movie when. Um, all these people on the bridge are throwing stuff at the Goblin, and they're saying, like, you mess with Spider-Man, you mess with New York, or something like that. I hated that. And then there's the scene on the train. He's just a kid. Yeah, and they all they all stand up for him and everything against Doc Ock, and they're like, you have to go through me, and all that kind of stuff. And then I think there was some of that in Spider-Man 3 as well, too. But, and that kind of stuff, it was just... It, it it I I did not I felt that part those things were really really super cheesy. Well, we don't have to worry about it. Our long national nightmare is over. <laughs> I wouldn't call it a long national nightmare, but but yeah, I mean they're good movies, but they I think people look at them more nostalgically than objectively. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But once once again, for its time, like Battlestar Galactica we talked about before, it seemed pretty great. Right, right. Okay, so 
that's all we've got for today. Uh, come back next week, and we will talk about the Mark Webb Amazing Spider-Man films. Oh, my God. They created a sequel to Frozen. I'm sorry. <laughs> all right. Uh, Geekstream.percival.constantine.com yes. is our website. Uh, Twitter at Geekscreen, or you can email us, geekscreen at percivalconstantine.com. Uh, if you like the show, feel free to post a review or star rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. Yes. Johnny, anything else to add before we sign off for the night? No, no, I'm, I, I got nothing to go. Okay, uh, we'll see you guys next week.